Welcome back. This is Dr. Jim Schrader, and we have reached our 43rd podcast of Living a Whole Christian Life. It's once again great to be back with you as we continue our focus on the psychological dimension. So we begin where we left off from the previous week in talking about where mental health begins, not where mental illness begins. Because again, the focus here with this entire podcast is really go in search of how can we flourish according to God's design? How can we really honor his design in us and pursue that optimal route? So as last week, we talked about the three C's, and the, th- the C's were coherence, consciousness, and conscientiousness. And the questions around these ideas, these three C's of mental health, one, for example, as it relates to consciousness is, how acutely aware am I of my own state and of the state of the world around me. When it comes to coherence, how much is what I do based in reality and a search for the truth? And when it comes to our sense of conscientiousness, how much do my actions consider others and their rights and needs in addition to my own? So we think about this in looking at our ways that we can increase the three C's in our life. We actually already talked about a lot of the ways that this occurs. And we spent you know, a number of different podcasts before talking about the role of movement and how regular activity actually increases the three C's as it relates to pursuing mental health. We've even talked about the idea of diet and how increased you know, natural food intake, increased water intake in addition to other areas can also increase those three C's. You know, we spent a few podcasts on sleep. You probably heard the first Christian perspective ever on the role of sleep in our lives and how, you know, 25 plus years are dedicated to this for many reasons, including increasing and improving our mental health. We know that regular silence does so much for decreasing our anxiety, you know, improving our overall mood and just perspective. And we've recognized that the exposure to our natural world, you know, whether it's just walking trails or just sitting outside in the evening time, looking at the stars, that the natural world is really replete with ways to improve our overall well-being and our psychological functioning. And we certainly spend a number of podcasts talking about the responsible use of technology as it relates not just our overall well-being, but again, how we can really go in search of, you know, decreased anxiety and improved mood. So we're also going to go in the future here, an upcoming podcast, talking about five keys in turning distress into joy. So these will be coming up here in the next few podcasts. And, you know, we'll also talk more about how to understand emotions, you know, the feelings that we experience in our lives and how to use them more effectively as we continue this um, pursuit through the psychological dimension. But I want to come back and actually begin with a quote. This was a quote years ago from one of my favorite authors. I'm not sure how many of you have ever read any books by A.J. Cronin. He was an English author probably, say, about 100 years ago. and became a really, really popular fictional writer, not only in overseas, but in this country. And he once said the following as it pertains to our overall purpose, overall meaning. He said, quote, Above all, I'm convinced of the need, irrevocable and inescapable, of every human heart for God. No matter how we try to escape, to lose ourselves in restless seeking, we cannot separate ourselves from our divine source. Again, A.J. Cronin. 
And, you know, it's interesting. I think about that. And, and years ago, I wrote a book I'm entitled 40 Days of Hopeful Prayer. And I was kind of having my own anxiety before the book began because I felt that God was really calling me to write in many ways. But I was stressed out because I was stressed that I already had a lot going on in my life. A lot of things that just seemed to kind of take the place or were way more important than trying to figure out, you know, how I was going to write the, the book that I felt God was calling me. And I had this one moment, and it was just, I can remember this actually exactly where I was sitting on the couch, this aha moment, this moment of inspiration, this divine moment, whatever you call it. And I almost heard God say to me, hey, let the stress go. And all I want you to do is I want you to write one prayer or one reflection about something very simple during the day that moved you, something that really spoke to you deeply. And so that's exactly what I started to do. And the very first prayer that I wrote it was called Reverberation. And uh, again, you can find this book on Amazon or wherever. It's 40 Days of Hopeful Prayer. But gradually over time, I started writing these prayers and these reflections. And I felt not only that it was, you know, I was composing that book that God was calling me to, to but also that my anxiety was going down, that I wasn't worried as much about not being able to have the time that I felt like I needed. But instead, I was channeling, you know, really, again, we're back to that idea of channeling that anxiety into something much more productive. But I think all the while, too, there was a restless seeking that I was struggling with in my connection with God, but in even something much more meaningful than I could understand at that time. And so many of us find ourselves with that restless seeking, right? We talk about midlife crises or whatever, but the reality is we're always kind of in a sense of a little bit of crisis. And I think our mental health often suffers because we're seeking out something more than is what in front of us. And sometimes, you know, I've mentioned this many times throughout the podcast, I think sometimes we're actually just missing that what's in front of us is actually really quite extraordinary, quite amazing, that God's design, you know, might appear mundane on the surface, but really it's quite extraordinary. But also I think what happens here is that we find ourselves caught up in the daily stressors and we know there's something more. We know there's something that transcends that. And so it's interesting when you think about this quote from A.J. Cronin, I want to say this again. He said, no matter how we try to escape, to lose ourselves in restless seeking, we cannot separate ourselves from our divine source. And it sounds very much like another quote from about 1,500 years ago. And that quote went something like this, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. And that famous quote from St. Augustine that so many of you know really speaks to this idea of restlessness, right? This idea of a sense that we realize that in order to feel psychologically healthy, we're in search of something more. We're in search of something greater. And I think that one of the ways that we often um, consider our relationship with God and consider our relationship overall, just our faith relationship, is that we do think about it in spiritual terms and you know, we think about it even in social terms. But you know what's interesting? From a psychological sense, actually from a scientific sense, there's a real psychological component to that relationship, to our religious practices. And so here's what science has found, that those who engage in regular religious practices, those who have a close relationship with God, and into the hundreds of studies have found that they experience decreased anxiety, decreased depression, increased overall well-being, decreased suicidal rates, decreased substance abuse and risk-taking behaviors. And that doesn't even include the physical positive outcomes like decreased hypertension or improved recovery from illness. 
In fact, if we'd speak for a second more about the, the physical reality, there an astounding study from years ago found that those who attended religious services weekly lived on average seven years longer than those who did not. You find here, you start to recognize that deep within our search, deep within this restless seeking, what we're really seeking for is not just a relationship with God, but in many ways we're seeking increased psychological well-being. And what's interesting, and I kind of mentioned this, and this is, by the way, these, these positive outcomes of decreased anxiety and improved depression and decreased substance abuse aren't just consistently found with adults, but actually found with kids too. And that what happens is that something's going on there. You know, something is really occurring. And I know that, you know, many of us may say, well, that's the spiritual gift that God gives us. And I think in many ways, that's probably the case. But, and we're going to talk more about this, it seems to be there's even something else that's occurring. But the key mediating factor here for all of these findings is the mediating factor of the relationship that we have and our kids have with God. I mean, I think that's one thing that's really important to note that, um, you know, when they've really looked at factors within these studies that seem to be predictive, um, that simply just going to a religious service is much less predictive of positive psychological outcomes um, unless, especially with kids, unless there's this relationship with God, unless this relationship with that higher power is present. And I go all the way back to one of my favorite people of all time, Viktor Frankl. I think I've spoken about him before in this podcast, but Viktor Frankl was a neurologist, psychiatrist around the World War II time. He and his family were Jewish. And unfortunately, they were taken into the concentration camps. And except for he and his sister, the rest of his family, his wife, his parents, I think his brother passed away in the camps. And so he had to overcome tremendous, tremendous psychological angst and difficulties and moving past that. And so he, he talks about this idea of that very much often in life, we as human beings experience what we call neugenic neuroses. And so neugenic neuroses is the idea that we get really caught up in the stressors and the superficialities of life, and we struggle to get beyond that. And in struggling to get beyond that, what, we, what happens to us is we start to see that there is a decreased capacity or a decreased searching or even finding of greater meaning and purpose in our life. And so the sense of neogenic neuroses is that idea that it's like St. Augustine and A.J. Cronin were saying is that unless we can go find and search of meaning that rises above our daily stressors and superficialities, we're going to find ourselves increasingly anxious, increasingly unhappy. And even all those things that, you know, promise the happiness that, you know, we've, we've talked about before, and I think you've probably heard many homilies before, the sense of having wealth and all of these other things. And the reality, it is really true from a scientific sense that there is something more that we as human beings are in search of, that you can have everything you want from a relationship sense, and you can have everything you want from a financial sense and a stability sense, and you can still be kind of unhappy. Right. And again, I don't want to say that, you know, those things can't help us because they do and they, they really can be positive in many ways. But all of those components together are not the full answer, no matter who you are, no matter where you're at. And so, again, all of this suggests that while we can't discount that direct spiritual benefit that we get from God and Jesus, from the Holy Spirit that we experience each day, again, this is God's design, but that we are literally wired neurologically speaking, physically speaking, whatever way you want to say it, to seek out a presence, to seek out meaning, 
to seek out a relationship that is beyond our human capacity in order to remain psychologically healthy. You know, again, as a young kid, I I look back and I think about kind of my early formation. I went to Catholic schools and was really blessed to have a Catholic education. But as I look back and I think about the early formation, I think about the sacraments and, you know, what we learned about the dogma of our faith and many other areas. There was a lot certainly to take in, but it was it was conveyed in a way that was often very unidimensional. What I mean by that is very spiritual, religious, but certainly not what we've really tried to do with this idea of living a whole Christian life, which is to cut across all the boundaries and recognize that we are spiritual beings having this human experience, which means that everything good in our spiritual world isn't just good for that spirituality, that religiosity, but it's good for our social selves and our physical selves. And as we're talking about today, our psychological selves. And so this is something that's really interesting. And I know it's challenging for those of you, depending on where you're at, kind of in your faith pursuit. But, you know, it just says that, you know, we're striving. I love this idea of the sense of striving away from restless seeking, but more from meaningful seeking. And so if we think about this, according to Cronin and Augustine and Frankel, they're all saying the sense that we're striving against restlessness. And so what is the opposite of restlessness? Well, the opposite of restlessness is peace. And as I said podcasts ago, when they've done research and they've looked at all the things that human beings want in their life, do you want wealth? Do you want great relationships? Do you want occupational success? Do you want adventure and innovation or whatever it is? Human beings keep coming back and saying, yeah, I want those things. I want those things. But there's something I want more. I want a sense of peace that no matter what's going on in my life, that no matter what's driving that anxiety that I initially feel, which, you know, again, we can't prevent sometimes. What I really want is a sense of peace. And so here is the great irony that as we talk about all sorts of areas that can increase mental health, again, movement and diet and sleep and regular silence and exposure to nature and responsible use of technology, we come to this point which says all of those things are designed by God to improve our mental health. And yet, if we stop there, we would likely, it appears, fall short because there's one other thing, and that's the sense of being restless in something greater than ourselves, a sense of desiring peace that no matter what happens with our human experience, that there's a spiritual experience that supersedes that, that we need. So wherever you are, if you think about this, truly, it seems that we are spiritual beings having a psychological experience in search of a peace that only a divine source can provide for us. And I think that's really hopeful in many ways. I know that sometimes faith is really tough. You know, we all feel agnostic at times. We all, you know, believe, but then we struggle and we, we go through these difficult psychological experiences and we think, wow, why does it have to be this hard? Like I'm obsessing over things I shouldn't be obsessing over. I'm despairing over things that yeah, these are really tough. You know, sometimes, I mean, we have a good reason to despair, but Lord, why? And I don't know the answer to that, but I think it's beautiful that through all all the complexities, not only do we have accessible ways in our lives to go in search of a greater psychological peace, but we, in the process, are going in search of a peace that supersedes all the psychology that we ever would come to know. So wherever you're at, I hope that you're pursuing that too. And even if you felt like that's been a difficult pursuit for a long time, 
there's great hope because literally the second right now that you're in is the second this pursuit can continue or can begin. And this is Jim Schrader. Be holy, be holy.